You go online, you set your search criteria. No more than five years older, six feet tall, college degree, six-figure income, same religion and politics, handsome face, good body. And you discover there aren't that many men who meet all those criteria. So you end up swiping left on 95% of men and remain frustrated that the 5% who seem to qualify often act like players who seem to have a bunch of options. And so as a result, you try different apps, you try different sites, you take breaks, you come back, but every time you come back, you do the same thing. You search the same way with the same dissatisfying results. Today, I'm going to teach you how to double your dating pool and meet better men, all without ever feeling like you are settling. Stick around. I'm Evan Mark Katz, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. Welcome to the Love You Podcast. Keep listening to learn how to find a quality guy online that other women miss. When we're done, I'll let you know how you could apply to Love You to create a passionate relationship that makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. So I'm not a fan of apps, you know that, but they're ubiquitous. Everybody's on their phone for five hours a day. Apps are easy, they take very little effort. The problem is who the apps favor. Who do you think the apps favor? Well, they tend to favor people who are the most attractive, both men and women. Uh, it's very class-based, right? We look at people, and there was a, I remember reading an article about this, and we, we associate people with, with class, um, and people that we perceive to be in a lower class get swiped left very quickly. And apps also have extreme, uh, extremely limited amount of information on them. You have a photo and a you know, couple-line bio, uh, maybe you have height, weight, age, education, income, your face, maybe your body, but we don't really know anything about that person as a human. We don't have anything to go on. So the very nature of app-based dating is going to be extremely shallow. It's going to favor the shallow and it's not going to reward anybody who's not in the top 5% of looks. And the problem is not that looks aren't important or the you know the biographical information is not uh, you know is not full it's that the thing that makes relationships work we talk about it frequently character kindness consistency communication and commitment you can't tell those things from a, 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 an app certainly you can't tell it from an online dating profile even a pretty well-written one, you can't get all of that for the most part unless you're a really good writer. So what have you discovered in the act of dating this way? This thing that everybody does that everybody hates. You will swipe really quickly on the people who are cute, not too much thought behind it. You will immediately start to text. You'll meet as quickly as possible to avoid wasting time, right? But you're going to end up texting a whole bunch of people that don't materialize. You're going to go on a lot of terrible blind dates. And when those blind dates are not terrible and they go really well, you're going to hop into bed with someone who seems really great on paper in his little profile, but turns out to be shitty in real life. And so given the reality of that situation for you, and I haven't dated on an app, I'm married for 13 years, but all my clients are. So, you know, <laughs> anything I'm telling you is something you already know here. It's obvious we need another way. 
And that's what I do with Women in Love You. Not to get you to lower your standards or to settle, but to try to widen your aperture, right? If you're looking through a really narrow lens, we need to widen your aperture to see more quality men that are being filtered out and judge them for how they treat you instead of just rewarding the top 5% of men based on looks. Um, and really, we talked about the things that we're looking at people for have so little to do with how you're going to be treated in the relationship. Height doesn't tell you how you're going to be treated in a relationship. His body type doesn't tell you how you'll be treated in a relationship, nor does his education or his income. His age doesn't tell you. His religion doesn't tell you. His politics don't tell you. We can try to extrapolate and try to tell a story about that. Oh, well, I have a doctorate, so anybody with less than a master's degree is not going to be smart enough to keep up and they're not going to really understand me. Not true. Not entirely true. Partially true, but not entirely true. Oh, if he's more than five years older, there's going to be just too much of a generation gap. And guys like that are just like really old. They don't have the energy to keep up with me. Also not entirely true. So we could go on and on and on. And we just put ourselves in this really narrow box. So what I'm talking about is uh, what I call, not particularly artfully, dating on the margins. So every day, every day as a coach, I am in the trenches with my clients helping to sort of fight this battle to be myopic in who we search for. Uh, recently, I was talking with a client. She's a 64-year-old Jewish woman, and she is convinced because her Judaism is important to her. She's convinced she needs to date another Jewish guy. You're not raising children. like You're not 37 and trying to have kids. So if you go to synagogue once a week and he doesn't, what's the problem? My, my wife's mom, my mother-in-law, um, got remarried. Um, they got divorced when she was, my wife was 13. She got remarried. She's been with him for 35 years. And she's been going to church every Sunday. Her second husband's never been to church apart from like Christmas Day. So just the idea that you have to be in lockstep, not true. Another example, I've got another client. She's 37. She's Asian. She refuses to date Asians. Really, we had to get on the phone and talk about that, about how she likes white guys, won't give a chance to Asian people. Obviously, that's very limiting, right? Since... There's going to be a lot of Asian men who are attracted to Asian women. and It's probably a, a decent place to start. Now, I can't convince her to be attracted to uh, Asian men. I'm not, I'm not really trying to negotiate, but are we going to really rule out the idea that any Asian man is good for an Asian woman? That seems to be narrow. Um, I've already mentioned the idea. I've got, I've got multiple clients who've got a master's degree and insist that they need another guy with a master's degree. Um, I, you know, I went to Duke, I graduated magna cum laude, I'm not an idiot. I could keep up with you even though I never got a master's degree. It's really narrow thinking. Um, I got a client who's five foot two and she refuses to date any man under five foot ten. I've got a client who works out three times a week, thinks she needs a man who works out three times a week. It's this, it's almost narcissistic, the idea that we need to find someone who reflects us exactly back in the mirror. So these are preferences. I can understand why you are attracted to men who are taller, more educated, richer. There's no judgment about your preferences. The problem is that they, they end up being an anchor. They pull you down. They function as a limiting belief. 
they lack imagination. They, they don't reflect reality. So you know, I think you know my story. Um, uh, I listed myself online as Jewish, even though I'm an atheist. Um, my and, and if my wife saw me online, she might not have given me a chance because she certainly wasn't looking for a Jewish atheist. Her nickname, you know how you have online nicknames? Her nickname for me was the Jatheist. That was my private nickname before we became a couple. Imagine we're two ships passing in the night. We're this amazing couple, but she doesn't give me a chance because I'm a Jewish atheist and she, she doesn't know anybody like that. She couldn't possibly imagine she could be happy with someone like that. My wife, when she was on Match.com, uh, was uh, listed herself as or slender or average or something. You don't list yourself as curvy, but my wife listed herself as curvy. Imagine she lists herself as curvy and I don't get a chance to see her because I'm not looking for women who are curvy. How terrible that is. This is where we're leaving love up to the whims of a checkbox. And obviously the most telling story is the fact that I was 34 and wanted to have children. My wife was 37 and my search bracket was 27 to 34. I was never looking for someone who was 37 online, too old to have two kids. Met my wife at a party in real life, even though we were both on the same dating site. And we ended up having two kids organically without biological and surgical intervention. So we got really, really lucky. But this is the point. And this is a tiny anecdote that we could extrapolate to tell a much bigger story. So all the things that you're discriminating against on men, on dating sites, on apps, what happens when men apply the same standards to you? I'm oh, sorry. She's 10 pounds overweight. Swipe left. Sorry, she lives more than 20 minutes away. Swipe left. Sorry, she's over 50, old, 50 years old. Swipe left. That's, that's terrible. It's counterproductive. These guys are missing out on you because they're doing the exact same thing. So the fact is, I can't change what men are doing, but I do believe firmly the world is a better place when we all open up to the possibility that this very this laundry list of characteristics that we think we're looking for, that we think we deserve, because it's the only thing we're attracted to, is a highly flawed list. What we're really trying to do online, it's it's almost like almost like playing the stock market. Again, this metaphor may not work. They don't always work, but we're looking for an undervalued stock. Now, there's stock that's completely overinflated. Why? Because every man, every woman in a 50 mile radius within a 50 year age range, all looking at the same hyper attractive person, the person who looks like they could be on the cover of a magazine. Everybody knows who they are and they get attention from everybody. Hundreds of people desiring their attention. It doesn't, that's luck. If, if you break through, I once, I once had that. I once went out with someone who, um, I, I remember we were dating for uh, a month and she said 500 men wrote to her in her first few days online and she wrote back to five and I, I got one of the calls um, out of the five. That's ridiculous. I mean, no one should have to deal with that. But if everybody's paying that much attention to those people, doesn't that leave a whole population that's highly underserved? Absolutely it does. And that's what I'm trying to tell you guys to do. Throw out that search criteria that you have at the beginning and realize if you raise your age range, and I did this last night with a client, she's 68. And 
she said men 65 wouldn't be interested in her. Men 70 were too, too old. So she, her dating age range was 67, 68, and 69. That was the age she was looking for. <laughs> if she raises her top age range to 74, 75, right? And I'm not talking about guys who look terrible, who got one foot in the grave. There's attractive, healthy, vibrant 75-year-old men, just like there are women. So we only need to be open to you know, one out of 10 of those men and we're in business. And that's a portion of the population that gets left out. And that she's discriminating against men. This is the same exact thing that's happening to her as a 60-year-old woman. These men are looking for women 55 to 65 and she's falling on the wrong side of it. So she's doing the exact same thing that's being done to her. This is my point, All right? So there are undervalued stocks. Look for guys who are five, six, if you're not that tall. Really, no one else is paying attention to them. Look at the guys who didn't finish college. No one else is paying attention to them. Look to the guys who make less money than you. No one else is paying attention to them because if you make $150,000 and he makes $75,000, guess what? Combined, you're making two dollars You've got a really nice life. These are the things that change people's lives. Just opening up, doubling their dating pool by by raising their age range, lowering their height requirement, getting rid of the education requirement, being open to the possibility of different races, different religions, because not every person is the same, not every Jewish person is the same, not every Catholic person is the same, not every divorced person is the same. Right? Getting rid of the labels, screening in, right? Let's give a chance to everybody if he's reasonably attractive and he has a decent profile. And now let's talk and judge people on how they show up how they make you feel instead of thinking that somehow this, these arbitrary search criteria are helping you. In fact, they're hurting you. That's the main thing that's killing you. You're not seeing enough men to find your guy and you're looking only at the expensive stocks instead of the value stocks. My name is Evan Mark Katz. Thank you for tuning into the Love You podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please share an honest review on Apple. More reviews equals more awareness of the Love You podcast and more love in the world. And if you have everything except a man and you want to have a happy, healthy relationship, I can help you. In Love You, you will gain confidence, learn to trust your judgment, and find a man who makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. Go to www.evanmarkkatz.com and click to watch my free video. When you're done, you could apply to Love You to join hundreds of other smart, strong, successful women in a coaching community where women like you actually get the love you deserve. I'll see you there.